0: Listening to Auto D coming at you live. Hey
1: everybody, thanks for listening to the Auto D show here on Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks, broadcasting from high above Camelback Road in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, and my guest on tonight's show is multimedia artist Dion Doty, originally from Paducah, Kentucky. And we're going to have to talk about that a little bit, but Dion will be joining me right after this first song from the Fervor Records catalog called I Do Just Fine by Prince Mirth here on the Auto D Show. Check it out.
0: You're listening to Auto D coming at you live.
1: And that was I Do Just Fine by Prince Murth here on The Auto D Show, which is brought to you in part by my good friends at Fervor Records and also by TheRecordingArtist.com, where every Wednesday evening I record bands live online while you watch. To learn more, visit TheRecordingArtist.com and be sure to watch our companion TV show on Amazon Prime called the recording artist. And now without further ado, let me bring on to the show my guest, Dion Doty. How are you doing, Dion? I'm doing great. Good to see you. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Man, you are one of the few people I know who has uh, a lot of time and experience in multiple arts from painting and songwriting and performing and, and now with a focus on comedy, filmmaking. I mean, you've done a lot of stuff. Yeah which is really, really cool. You. And you're originally, as I mentioned, from Paducah, Kentucky now. Not a lot of people can claim
2: that. That's right, I'm the Palooka from Paducah. That was a Buster Keaton movie <laughs> that right. was shot there in Paducah. Interesting, yeah. that's funny. Were you just born there and then out right away,
1: or did you grow up traveling all over the place? What's your story?
2: Well, actually, I'm from outer space. Okay. And I landed in Paducah, Kentucky. All right. um, it's Quilter Capital, USA, but um, I was one of the first people to bring poetry to that area, <laughs> <laughs> and, like stand-up performance poetry, because I got into that a lot. And then um, I was in the only art gallery there, the Gallery 600, at the Irving Cobb building. Who okay. I think he was a vice president or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, from Paducah. From Paducah, and we got Tim, uh, Lily Tomlins from there.
1: Oh, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, so another comedian. So, yeah, it's uh interesting place. Um, what brought me out here was um, an ex wife. Okay. Oh,
1: an ex. she was an ex-wife when she brought you out no no she okay. was my wife but okay.
2: she was my ex-wife after she wanted to leave in three weeks after you got after here after we got here and you were
1: like oh i really dig this yeah i was like i'm not leaving i'm not leaving it went so much to get here yeah i love this place wow. Man. wow i love arizona and that was back in the 1900s when you came out here 1900s yeah <laughs> way
2: back in 1999 but Man, the music was good.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of great music. In fact, there still is a lot of great music. Oh, I agree. Uh, this is this is a very, uh, in my experience, a unique market for that. Uh, all kinds of stuff going on.
2: Like great music, yeah, totally, yeah. man. Like you were talking about, you know, like one of the new better bands is like Chrome Rhino. Totally, yeah. totally dig that band. I'm trying to like... Con them into being in one of my shows. <laughs> oh, that shouldn't be too hard. Oh yeah, I love those guys.
1: Yeah, and they like to do stuff that's fun, so that that'd be cool. And we're gonna play one of their cuts later too. When when we uh, need to take a break, isn't you know, yeah, <laughs> catch our breath.
2: I understand. We'll bring
1: it up. But um, you know, right now let's talk real quick about your current focus, which is comedy. Just touch on that. You've got a really cool big show coming up. Tell me about that.
2: Oh yeah, I'm a contender for the funniest dun, 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 person.
1: In the universe.
2: That's going to be cool. Where's that show? It's going to be at Stir Crazy on Thursday night at 7 p.m. You can look me up. Uh, I'm Dion Doty on Facebook. And so I'm open to everybody. It's on my page. And uh, you can buy tickets there or go to the website, look up Stir Crazy, and it's happening on Thursday. And it's full of some of the most hilarious white guys. In the world, <laughs> there's a lot of white guys on that show. Do
1: you know how many comedians are in the show?
2: Oh man, I think it's like 14, something wow. like that. I, I'm not sure. I've never performed there, so it's really exciting. I've always wanted to do. And it. is
1: it a one night competition?
2: It's no, it's a multi competition. This is the final. This is the final, like original, like part before you get into the the um, the semifinals. Okay. So this is like the contender spot. This is like the little branch down here and then you go to and then there's two categories for the next and then then the four go to the next to the finals okay and you win a thousand one hundred bucks and you get to claim for a year that you're the funniest person (laughs) in the universe so is this a national or no this is stir crazy it's not a national
1: competition it's
2: no no this, well it could be I mean if you like depends si- on who comes yeah if you decided to sign up from out of town because I, I submitted a video and then they said robot overlords you know oversaw the whole thing and right. of course they're going to pick the weirdest guy out of there and that was me so you got in and so I got in
1: well awesome man it's going to be a lot of
2: fun oh I can't wait and I imagine the
1: um, the little after party with everybody will be fun too it's an interesting
2: crowd oh I don't know I, I just hope I don't get shot yeah yeah <laughs> So how long have you been doing stand-up? Um, a year. A year and some months. So it's kind of new. It's brand new for me. Um, and how that happened was I'm really involved with uh, Unity Through Community in Tempe. Mm-hmm. And with Matthew James and you know, Travis and all those great people that put stuff and put things together there. And I've been at, when I was a part of their, their gallery, um, I had all my paintings up at that gallery mm-hmm. and um, then it kind of condensed and now it's called unity but it's still unity through community well their their open mic got shut down on Thursday nights and, and they almost like were trying to like take that building down and build a bunch of genderfied crap on it mm-hmm. you know and so thankfully they saved it so anyway you know, open mic and the creative expression is kind of an outlet for me. It allows me to release any like negative energy I got. It's really very therapeutic for me, mm-hmm. and I love it. And I I just do it. I did it as just loving it. I've been in three bands, but um,
1: that's a that can be a comedy. Routine. <laughs> yeah, that was a comedy routine. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it was like a... great I, education I, for I comedy. Was,
2: I was like Dido and the cringe. That was my first band. And it was uh, okay. That was completely improvisational. And then I was in um, Hi-Fi Beta, which was a fantastic band. I cool. had a great band. And then I was in a, had another band called Bottle of Us. And it was a great band, but then COVID happened. Right. And then everything like shut down. And so I'm looking for like, I'm typing on the internet because it was three weeks later and I'm about to go crazy. And so I typed in, what's the nearest open mic near me? Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I live in Gilbert, so it was JP's Comedy Club on a Thursday night. Okay. And so I went in there on a Thursday. I did my, my why I do it, because I wanted everybody to pay attention to me. Because uh-huh. every word I say is gold. <laughs> and don't be so cold. Pay attention to me. And that first night that I did that, I got booked. And then I got hooked. And then um, I just started doing it over and over, and then I really wanted to be really good at it, and so I started taking comedy classes with uh, Tony Vici okay. uh, and ComedySchools.com, and he's had like people go on like this Longfellow do It's on Saturday Night Live. That was his teacher, mm-hmm. was Tony, and so he's got like people going. It was on Conan, which I think he doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> and he's like, you know. <laughs> He's got things all over, and Tony is really a great teacher, and so he kind of runs his own comedy cult. Mm-hmm. But it's really, really cool. So where do you know? Where do you go? How do you move
1: up the ladder in that industry? I mean, like in you know, back in the days in a band, you cut a demo and you give it to an A and R guy, and that was your only hope of ever moving up the ladder. So in comedy. How do you get on? How do you get on one of the talk shows late at night? I mean, how's this thing? How's it work in this
2: business? Well, uh, it's a miracle, you know. Every like the music, it, yeah. It's <laughs> a miracle every time something like comes along. Like you were like, "Hey, man, can you?" Do, I was like, "Yeah, man." So you just I gotta can, go anytime you can go and be as funny as you can be. Oh well, no. First, you know, comedy is very the the. There's three parts to comedy. There is the setup, mm-hmm. the twist, mm-hmm. and the Punchline! That's right. And that that's... If you understand those three things and the timing within that, you too can do stand-up. <laughs> you too. Because there's a lot of open mics here um, yeah. that you could do. And so I usually do... I love JP's Comedy Club. It's a right. great place. And it's on a Thursday night. Usually, if you go there and you get two drinks and you sign up to be on the open mic, then you get to watch the pro performer, which you learn from... And then you get to participate in the open mic. And you try and test your bits. If people laugh, mm-hmm. great, keep that. If they <laughs> exactly. don't, Noted. throw okay. it out, throw yeah. it out. And it's all about being spontaneous. And yeah. that's what it really is to be a comedian. And then you get to know everybody, you become friends. And um, it's a great venue. JP's Comedy, like Improv Mania in Chandler is a great right. place to go. Um, They're getting ready to move to Boston, and I think they're having their new big stand-up live. They're going to have an outdoor stage and all that. JP Comedy Club is still cool. And um, we've been doing stuff at the Tempe Center for the Arts Mm -hmm. because Tony's been highly involved. So I performed at the Tempe Center for Arts about five times. I, I had my paintings in there with the day for Walt when he got his own holiday. Right, right. it was up there. His painting was like hanging there. I have, there.
1: I have a copy of that.
2: Yeah, you know, I bought
1: from you a Walt Richardson and a Garnett painting. Oh yeah. When when you were showing them down at Cactus Jack's now at one time. Oh cool. Because yeah. at the time I lived in that area. Yeah. Now I'm up in Scottsdale, but uh, yeah, I remember looking at them going, "Oh my God, I have to have
2: a couple of these." <laughs> you know. Well, thank you, thank you for your support. And, I, I and I love. And the reason I did it was not, and I made all the money back on mm-hmm. those paintings. Um, what it ended up happening, like my plan was, all right, I admire you. I love your work. But if I paint you, you know, I, first I got to like you. And right. then if I paint you, then you got to let me into your shows for free so <laughs> I can get what I need to paint you. Yeah, and guess what? It worked, and I got to paint a bunch of people and see That's a cool. lot of great music. Because my concept was, is to take, take the picture of the performer, my the my vision and what's going on, and fill that energy and grab it all into the image, and then take and you know draw it all out on a spring painted gold canvas. Yeah, and um, then take it back to the show and then take all that energy from the crowd and the band and that transmutation and pour it straight into the painting. Mm-hmm. And when you see those pa- paintings, even the prints, you can feel those yeah. people.
1: Oh yeah, and I think the sketches, I mean, I don't know if you sketched images from photos or mm-hmm. you from your brain from looking and watching the shows. But uh, the the still Image that you chose to paint, and I think in each case is, is incredible. It Really shows it off. In fact, if people want to see this stuff, I like think azrockandroll.com.
2: That's right. A- the, it's still up. It's still going. Yeah. I think even after I die, they're going to continue it on. And are those are prints still available there? They can be. Okay. Just get in contact with me and ask which one you want. Cool. You know, and I can do a print. They're not that they're not that spendy, and they'd be yeah. great holiday gifts.
1: They would be great holiday gifts. And so if you uh, are a fan, for example, of Walt Richardson, who's been in the Valley, been a big icon in the Valley for a long time, and you're a fan, then hey, you should have a painting on your wall.
2: So, And I also, I, I got Garnet, like you said, yeah. I got to see her perform. Unfortunately, you know, PC just passed. I know. And what a tragedy, yeah. love that guy.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh man, he was so cool. But I have a painting of him, so if you want him for your memories, that'd yeah. be a way to get it. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, he lived a good life, it out, did a lot of great things yeah but anyway back to the like the, the paintings like the, the way that i started that was um travis i was in that band hi-fi beta and travis said man you know you're a much better painter than you are a singer <laughs> i'm like oh gee thanks travis he says will you do my 420 show this was 2011 okay i said sure and back in the day, I used to be a little wilder, and now I'm just a little bit wild. Um, I did some DMT, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, uh-huh. and I met God, I saw my friends in gold, and that's what I brought back down and put into those paintings. Interesting. And, and that was where the concept came from.
1: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because the series of paintings, uh, the the fact that they're all that style, really is what identifies the work. You know.
2: Well, I, I kind of did that on purpose, but yeah, uh, yeah because it is—it's it represents community, mm-hmm. and blue represents the mind, mm-hmm. and you know, you get gold records when you sell lots of them, right? That's right. So, that's right. So
1: for musicians who doesn't want to be painted in
2: gold, uh, that's right. That's right. So um, yeah, I got that site up. So what, did you?
1: Were you? Uh, did you have some sort of training in art prior to your painting work?
2: Well, the first thing I ever like put on as an image that I remember was my grandma always used to get the TV guides and it was the cover of Jaws. Do you mm-hmm. remember that that shark coming up to get oh, the yeah, lady? Yeah. Well, I started drawing pictures of Jaws and that was like my favorite. Sharks were like my favorite back then. And then I drew Bert and Ernie and then I slowly kept going. You know, I got like scholarships to go to art camps and stuff like that. Like I went to Murray State, Kentucky's you know, and studied under Del Lays when I was in high school. Um, And then I, I, you know, I was really into acting. So um, I went and tried out for the American Musical Dramatics Academy in Chicago. I told my parents I was going to a comic book convention, but actually I was going to,
1: Wow!
2: I was actually going to try out for this uh, school. how'd that go? Yeah, I got to go. I lived there (laughs) for two years in Manhattan and I got to be an actor. How cool is that? Yeah, it was, it was very cool. And then, so now in, in New York, acting in New York, what kind of acting were you doing there? I I did a you know a little bit of Shakespeare. I learned how to. Um, so I was like in the Tempest that I w- I played Caliban as a very young person mm-hmm. in Shakespeare in the Park. So that's my wow. claim to fame to that. Cool. So so did you
1: get a chance to see a lot of Broadway plays? Oh that? yeah, because isn't that ridiculous?
2: Oh I love it. Yeah, it's great. Well I didn't have I only had to pay like ten dollars for tickets. Yeah. <laughs> because, cool. you know, I was a part of that school.
1: Yeah, so what years were, were, was that? That was like,
2: when was that? That was back in like, that was like 90. Like, okay. That was like the early 90s, early 90s.
1: Yeah, The, the la- I, I think the last time, is this the last time I saw? No, uh, not the last time I saw a Broadway play, but I saw a play in 2001, about, a, about three weeks before the Towers got hit. Oh, wow. I was there, met my daughter there, who was in from Chicago, and, um, she was actually applying for the page program at CBS. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, let's go to a show, you know, cause she'd never been to one. And I saw Jennifer holiday in Chicago before the movie came out wow. and, uh, at the Sherbert theater and uh, Schubert theater. And it was unbelievable, you know, cause Jennifer Holiday's is ridiculous anyway, oh, yeah. but anytime you can see a, a show on one of those stages. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It is yeah.
2: great. Yeah, I saw tons of shows. So I loved it. I yeah. loved living in Manhattan. And then some things happened. Yeah. You know, my 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 wife died and my first mm-hmm. wife and so uh I moved back home. You know, cuz I was in mourning and then um it's kind of depressed, so mom got me involved in community college. She said, "Why don't you go to community college? Yeah, just do something. Just do something." And so I, I had started painting again because I'd already I'd already had drawing and all that throughout all mm-hmm. my life, so I'd already started painting, and I po- I painted the blue woman weeping. I got into our local Paducah, Kentucky, like actual art museum, art gallery type thing, mm-hmm. and I met my best friend Warren Farther, and we painted. and He was a beautiful artist. He's in many museums. I'm in a lot of the banks around there. You'll see some (laughs) of my paintings in the banks and doctor's offices and all of that because I was a part of that, all that system. And it was a really a great time. But anyway, I I painted like 14 paintings in one summer Mm -hmm. and then I submitted to the Art Institute of Chicago and then I got to go there to school. Cool. I lived in Chicago for three years. And that was at the same time that So I Married an Axe Murderer came out, right? Right. So that's how I got into poetry was through So I Married an Axe Murderer. Jane, get me off this crazy thing called love. (laughs) And so that that was what got me into poetry was that. And so I actually got to go to the Green Mill with Mark Sperber, who was the guy that put on all the slam poetry. He started it all up. Okay. So I got to work with him and I got to be in his like poetry slams. And wow, that it was a really cool experience. So
1: what would you say was your favorite part about being uh, living in Chicago?
2: The, mu- the The museum.
1: Okay. Oh, uh, which one?
2: The Art Institute of Chicago. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, where I was going. I went there like every day, every day. Wow. I loved it. I love those Chicago windows. I love those Monet's. I love those Van Gogh's. You know, I love those Ivan Albright's. Oh my gosh, they've just got an extensive collection. Yeah.
1: Of and it's a great town for music. Were you into music as much when you yeah, were in Chicago? I saw the and, oh, did and, yeah, I saw the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, did you? Yeah, I saw
2: the Smashing Pumpkins, and you know, I got to see Nirvana there. Okay. Um, in utero, that- That tour? That, that, that tour, that last tour. Yeah. Yeah, and it was incredible. It was a good experience, and then I'm um what happened then i got too crazy and then
1: i got too crazy i got too crazy Sounds like a blanket over a whole (laughs) lot of stories we're skipping you know
2: and then i i I moved back and then i went to and you know i went to chicago the art institute for quite three years okay so it was good times always Mm -hmm. always always good times and weathers
1: were then, I mean, the winters were lovely, right?
2: Oh, my God. The wind just like, man, I was like, I wear sandals. So it was just ripping through my whole body, man. Yeah. The wind just yeah. cut you, man.
1: I'm originally from Peoria, so I grew up in that space, you know, in that area. in since it's been enough time in Chicago.
2: I I once, like, took a girl that lived there, that I went to school with, Nicole, back there, and then she's, like, doing, like, performance art, like, standing out in front of the art museum nude. I'm like, (laughs) wow, cool. (laughs) Right on. Perform, man. You know, artists got to perform. That's right. That's
1: what it's all about.
2: That's what it's all about.
1: So when did you first, uh, when you came to Phoenix, what were you doing?
2: How'd you get here? Um, Well, I was, like, I went to a uh, technical school too and learned uh, um, how to do printing on massive web presses for newspapers. Okay. And I also learned uh, pre press for um, doing graphic design. So I came out here. uh, I was working for the Paducah Sun, which was a local newspaper. And, you know, I didn't even, they just moved me in there because I was really good at it. So I did a lot of graphic design and then I decided we'd me and the ex decided that we were gonna move out to Arizona. I don't know why, I was either gonna to move to Nashville or mm-hmm. um, L.A. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to live in Seattle, but I knew I'd just kill myself, right. so I didn't do that. Okay. So, um, I uh, was getting ready to leave. I put in my two weeks' notice, and my, my boss, Larry Scholler, he says, "Do you know anybody out there?" I was like, "No." He says, "Are you nuts?" <laughs> he said, like, "Probably." Uh, he's like, "Are you nuts?" And he said, "He said, well, I know some people out there, so here, here's their contact information, Kurt Pludray, and um, I was like, thanks, Larry. And then I moved out here, and then I hooked up with him. And he, he hired me, and so I did graphic design for independent newspapers for, like, two years. Wow. And then I worked for the AZ Tribune, too, and uh-huh. then I worked for the Phoenix New Times. Okay. So
1: So how would you describe the difference between those those environments, those three environments? New Times, the Arizona Republic, and the Independent. No, people. I
2: didn't work at the Republic. I worked at the Tribune. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it was like, it was... It was all advertising, man, except I got to work for AZMIG, AZIMG, and they were the the people that did all the park and recreation stuff. So I really enjoyed that. So I got to do a lot of cool stuff once I got out of the advertising part of it. Right. But um, I did web for The New Times. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And one of my good friends that I worked with for like a long time, he just died, David, and he was so cool. Such a cool dude. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Yeah. It's a part of life.
1: It is. It's the end part. <laughs> <laughs> it's part. We all get that. We all get that door. Well, listen, man, I'm going to spin a song, since we mentioned earlier, about a local band named Chrome Rhino. Let's, let's spin one of their cuts. woo And then we can come back. And I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about comedy, where it comes from, uh, just a little bit more about that whole world. Cool. All right, so here's a cut from Chrome Rhino. This is a song called... Funny enough, Soma Holiday on the Auto D Show. Check it out.
0: I'm in the dark with the sun on my face. Got a weekend going away. Listening to Auto D coming at you live.
1: And that was Soma Holiday from Chrome Rhino here on the Auto D show. Boy, the big ending coming up, and you're waiting for the big, you know, day in the life explosion and pull it away from you. It's kind of funny. Uh, but you know those guys. You've seen them play out.
2: Oh, yeah, a bunch of times. Yeah, they're really great.
1: They're a lot of fun, a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. A lot of comedy in their songs and in their attitude. Oh, I, well, I love it. They do dress up. The last time I saw them, they, um, it was at Last Exit Live, and they were dressed up like uh, the Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. <laughs>
1: well, you know, back on to comedy for a minute. I know we haven't touched on your film career, and I want to get on that too. But uh, just on comedy, I, I think that stand has got to be one of the hardest things in the world. To to do, it's, there's, you're not holding a guitar. You don't have bandmates to support you, and if you're not funny, like out of the gate, you get one with the first joke. You get maybe one more joke, and after two, if they, if you don't have them, they're like, "Oh, honey, maybe we shouldn't have come to this show. Should it be someplace else." You get one more, and that's it. Then you're dead, and it's kind of like, "Wow, does it feel that way? Like you have you have to get them right away, or it's just hard to turn that thing well, around."
2: Let me let me tell you something, Otto. I do use a guitar in my comedy, <laughs> so I got a little bit of a prop. I got a little bit of something Planket. to support, something to give me. Then I've usually got something to to, um, to say to the audience, you know, like, it's the holidays. There, You know, there's nothing like the holidays. So and, don't give me a lot of shit. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the holidays, like, to make you... Uh, realize how terrible of a person you are right. or, you know something like yeah. that you know and just uh, just connect with the audience and do a little crowd work but no you better have something that's making them laugh yeah. every 15 seconds that's what you're going for yeah. every 15 seconds in this short time and the short attention span that we have of these tiktokers yeah. we got to do you know it's got to be fast Gotta be quick, Rodney Dangerfield style. One-liners, punch it up, <laughs> punch it up. Um, and if they're not laughing, move on to the next thing.
1: Right. Well, where do you get most of your material? Is there a particular place? Like, if you feel like you want something, where do you go to? to?
2: Well, I, you know, I've lived a pretty like broad life. You know what I mean? So I've got, I've got a lot to like it's all gather you from. Think back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of people are like. I got, I've got a, a mind. I'm I'm like 51 years old. Right. So I've got like all kinds of like stories and everything like that. But mainly I, I talk about like things like pay attention to me because that's really what it's about. I got a funny song gone wrong. It's very obvious what that does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like uh, when you play that song backwards, you know, people die, you know, mm-hmm. and it's trying not to be. You know, people don't want to hear about how great your life is, really. Right. I've only seen one person actually pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, but nobody wants to hear how, like, when you go to the comedy show, yeah. you want to feel better than that guy on stage yeah, or exactly. that lady. You know, because that's what's funny. And that it's just being relatable to people. It lightens your load. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know... You know, the easiest humor that you can possibly do is sex jokes right. and potty jokes. Right. That's easy. Yeah. Clean comedy is hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say bleep, or bleep bleep, bleepin'. You can't bleepity bleep bleep bleep. Clean yep. comedy is hard.
1: It is. And uh, so, like I say, for ideas then, do you, you typically go back through your life? I mean, for I would think that once you're focused on comedy and on routines, and you're sitting. You're in the line to get a coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems to me that every single person you'd see would would almost be impetus for a thought that could be a joke. This is like everything. Yeah. It's
2: observational, but yeah. usually, like, like let me think. Like, I have a song that talks about that I'm from outer space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I and then there's the other songs. You know, like I have influences too. It's mm-hmm. like it's like putting those jokes together with the thoughts that you've got in line. Like you can use headlines like the, like the Beatles or any other musician. Right. You can look at that. You can do cliche reformations. There's a lot of different strategies you can get going on. Typically, the way, when you're doing and writing comedy, mm-hmm. you have a setup, mm-hmm. right? Right. So why did the chicken cross the road? And then you write 10 punchlines to that. Mm-hmm. You keep the top three. Mm-hmm. You get it? That's, yeah. that's how you write comedy. And then you repeat. Mm-hmm. repeat rinse, set up write 10 to 20 to 100 things about sure. it and then you've got uh, you've got all your minutes right in comedy the way you start you're a guest spot You typically where you're on an open mic they give you five minutes. Mm-hmm. And five minutes, to me, is not that long. But right. to a lot of people, it's a long time. <laughs> it's a while. It's not that long. Well, you
1: today. mentioned you have your guitar on stage. Mm-hmm. Do you do any physical comedy? Do you use the guitar other than to play comical songs?
2: Do I? Well, like, do you, you know, Do you
1: take it off and put it on and take it off and put it on? Do you? Do you,
2: No, I don't take it. No, I used to do that. That yeah. takes away time. You yeah. can never take away time. Like yeah. I do this one magic trick that I'll swing the guitar behind me okay and and do it but um i've even brought out a puppet i have a puppet that i use sometimes and that's not in my current set but he will be back (laughs) um but uh you find out what's working like when you're doing your comedy also you must be sure to try to capture it on video so you can critique yourself yeah you can hear what's working yeah if it's not working cut it out and you know you got to be clear concise and you've really got to talk to fourth graders. Yeah, and that's about the mentality because that's what people are there for. They're there to drink, you know, and not think, and not think, they worked and all day. laugh, and you know, have a good time. That's what it's all about, and yeah. that's why I love comedy. Yeah, that's cool. It's that's make very people cool. laugh.
1: Yeah. Well, you you mentioned too earlier in the show uh, about the uh, competition, mm-hmm. but do you, I believe you have a benefit coming up as well?
2: Oh yeah, this is. Uh, Stephen Haggerty's uh, Twisted Christmas Show, which okay. we'll, we'll all—I think—we're supposed to get together and actually do an act all together, like be doing Twisted Christmas. Like I already have a holiday song for that, so I do the Jingle Bells. So I've already got one already set up. Cool. But, um, so when
1: is that event?
2: That is on the sixteenth, Wednesday, December sixteenth. Okay. It's for. Um, ALS and um, I think the Make a Wish Foundation, but definitely for ALS, Mm -hmm. and all the money is going to be donated towards that. And so I think it's a good cause. Um, His daughter has has ALS, so um, and you know anybody that's out there that we can help. I want to do it. And do you? Can you tell me where that event's going to be? That's going to be at JP's Comedy Club. Okay, great. So look it up on the website jp'scomedyclub It'll be on Wednesday the sixteenth. The link is already there.
1: Now that club, uh, Jim opened that club about two years ago.
2: Right. In the and pandemic. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, I had him on the show before he had the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, the comic cop. Yeah. He used to be a policeman. You know, he said he gets a lot of of his bits from that experience. Oh, he's got them. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty funny. Uh, cool, well listen, you know I'm gonna do an absolutely horrible segue.
2: Let's talk about your film career. All right, uh, all right.
1: With, with no connecting tissue there. Um, You've, you've been involved in films in a number of different ways. You've been on screen. You've also worked as a on the production side. So tell me a little bit about
2: your movie experience. Well, my, my movie experience is like I was always fascinated with it. It is like one of the ultimate art forms. Mm-hmm. And I thought, the, you know, there for a while, I thought the short film format is, and I think it still is, the haiku of film. And so I've done a bunch of it like three to five minute films. I've done uh, a musical, Cocktail Wizard, with Bruce Ellis. He helped me do that. Um, I've done Frozen Peace, which was a horror movie. Um, I did a Western, and um, I did a mystery, and I did a science fiction film. You know, now, all, all of these, when you form. say you did, you I, I worked with I worked with people, okay. and we made the films together.
1: Okay, so you're working as, uh, as um, I could be an and actor and director. I, I could, and and,
2: yeah, yeah. Usually, and did a lot of them. I did all of like the production work myself. I okay. did the filming. Mm-hmm. I was one the one that had the Canon at that time. Right. Nobody had. Right. I had the computer. Hey, would you set help up. us make
1: a movie? Because you have a camera, right? Yeah, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and we need one of you guys. Yeah.
2: And then I, I got really into lighting because I'm very heavily into lighting. So yeah. Because that's about art. So right. film is art, but you can if you have dramatic lighting. I mean, it, that's what makes Quentin Tarantino films. That's what yeah. makes the great films. Is it's the whole package, but basically yeah. it's the way it looks. And
1: it's interesting too because sometimes when you look at the set you're about to shoot, the lighting might not look as dramatic as it does when you see it on the on the screen or mm-hmm. on the camera. Mm-hmm. So capturing that in the in the lens is really really cool.
2: Oh yeah, it's a yeah. bit of effort. Oh yeah, well my my one of my main artistic influences as far as filmmaking and photography is Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. And he just and he basically pushed his way all the way to being the auteur. And so I'm a high respect for Stanley Kubrick, watch his films. I love Woody Allen no matter if he's canceled or not, you know, and but to make and then, you know, I was involved with the Ronalds brothers. Um they made a film called um now they're beast incorporated it's currently on amazon you can watch it it had like um the dude from blues clues on it mm-hmm. that was during the time when i drank um we were at the afi film festival and they had afi and i've passed out drunk in like the first 10 minutes because i'm like a drinker that like i'm like whew! i just want to be drunk real fast drink yeah. for death is what my friend used to call it <laughs> And so people would shave me. And so he shaved me and he drew stitches on my belly. And that dude from blues clues. And I got to work with Daryl Hammond on that. I had a completely shaved head because I was one of the, the nether cooks. Mm -hmm. But anyway, like, and then Brian and them, I like, they lived in Hollywood. So I picked them up and I got to be connected to Hollywood through them. And, um, I, for I did that for two years every Thursday mm-hmm. at a certain time. And I was only late once, and Brian yelled at me, but that's cool. It's all right. <laughs> he brought me uh, my set of Pearl Jam. He gave me those little Funko oh, yeah. Bobbles of Pearl Jam. Oh, cool. Yeah. Gerald Hammond, he was really cool. He was just cool. Dave Foley, mm-hmm. way cool dude. But my favorite that I ever got to meet, I never worked with him, but I got to meet him, was Peter Fonda oh yeah oh man he was the coolest i mm-hmm. like that guy i was like oh my god it's beautiful oh yeah <laughs> so it was great times and so that was i did that for a while and i also worked on a tv show called screen wars it used to be on the local access cable okay. thing i did that i did some tv um do you I, see more of that in your future we'll see uh-huh. I, I i don't know i'd like to do a, another comedy now uh-huh. i would like to do a com- write another comedy because now i really i'm getting it yeah I, i'm really starting to understand the form
1: yeah so this is uh doing the stand-up's really taught you a whole new bag of tricks huh whole oh, new yeah.
2: sensibility i would imagine yeah oliver stone once made a film about doing stand-up called punchline yeah it, it's kind of depressing but yeah. it's really <laughs> good i love that movie yeah but I would have to say one of my most influential movies, i still go back to, So I Married an Axe Murderer. I think right. that movie is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then it was fun. And then musicians are the coolest, though. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got into music, because I was, like, hanging out with, like, and, you know, music is poetry man and yeah. so i got into that because i was like more people listen to music than they do poetry because mm-hmm. poets are like drunk and they don't care <laughs> a you, need to, bit,
1: you need to write a version of spinal tap that's music and comedy yeah
2: oh yeah that might be fun that might be fun <laughs> yeah i agree that'd be cool man so
1: there's obviously there's a million stories you could come up with everyone talk about bands and comedy oh yeah and,
2: uh, Oh yeah, Steve Steve Beer. When he was drinking, he would reach out. He could like get a drink off the bar at the Yucca Tap Room, and he could drink that while playing the bass with one hand all at the same time. That's when he played in High Five Beta. That was yep. that. I love that guy.
1: Yeah, it's pretty wild. What were some of your favorite bands in town that you weren't in?
2: Um, who was my favorite band? Uh, what Laura says okay was definitely one of my top bands i like try to get them back together every year i like call them i was just talking to danny godbolt he lives around me now uh-huh. and so i was talking to him and then i'm really friends with um, mitch you know uh mitch uh mitch freedom right and uh, yeah that that was like my favorite band that was they were kind of a beatles man they were yeah. really really cool and Future Love's Past, which no longer right. exists. Right. I love Future Love's Past. I, I painted three of them. Mm-hmm. I hung out with him in Hollywood, and he got me uh, hooked on cocaine for a year. I'm joking. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah, but he took me to this real cool spot. Uh, so anyway, I love you, But um, yeah, and that was one of my... And I love Dr. Bones, who are no longer together. Right, That was a great band. This yeah. was like the 2012 bands was like... All-star bands, man. Have yeah. Black Carl, even though I see they're playing again. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the Senators, that's another uh-huh. one. Decker. Yeah. I love Decker. Yeah. Um, I did a painting of him. Walt Richardson, of course. Right. I mean, I wish, I got to see, like I said, I got to see Garnett and uh, the former league guy mm-hmm. play at the Yucca Room just the other night. Probably never see that again. I love Dry River Yacht Club. Yeah, what a band. Oh, my God gosh I love that band
1: there are so many groups in that market that are one of a kind Mm -hmm. it's not like there's a a Tempe sound there's not like that here it's more like there's just Tempe creativity it's like everyone really is doing their own thing there's so many different quality acts
2: like Kevin Shredlock, do you remember him? yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love love that guy I actually visited him in Seattle and got to do an open mic in Seattle with him cool Yeah, he's a really cool dude. I know he's still playing. He's He's been a musician. I was a big fan of that band. And I'd have to say, like, my biggest bands right now that I, I like and I would go see... I'd still go see Jaffe's Descent, of course. Right. That's what got Great me guys. all started into this when Travis asked me to paint the 420 show, and I was like, in 2011. Yeah. And then I did it for 10 years, and he was right. That is what I should have been doing. And so I have a testament to that time each one of those paintings is signed by the artist and the painting was created while feeling that energy of that band Mm -hmm. and so it was like one of the greatest like Mr. Mud and Mr. Gold they're one of my absolute favorites I did a it's hanging at Unity right now so if you come to a comedy show which I'm gonna have for my uh, 52nd birthday um, Which is when it's it's January the sixteenth. The show is Saturday, January the fourteenth. I got the improv, the uh, show up improv. They're going to be performing. I got Keila, um, just a amazing lineup, man. Cool. And each one of these shows, it's like I try it. That was the thing, like how I brought it all back to unity. I did comedy because unity, open mic shut down. There was no more open mic that I didn't feel like I had access to.
0: Right.
2: And so I went out. I did comedy over here at JPS, but then I created a show when Unity at, and I brought those people over here so they could meet and they could intermingle. Yeah, you know, and it's bringing the arts like Matt Brown. He's a big influence of mine, great painter, and mm-hmm. we painted a lot. and I've been in many of his push gallery shows. Mm-hmm. So James B Hunt, another like notable notoriety man. I love that guy. Um, it's all about love. It's all about art. We all live, we all love, we all die, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's cool to be uh, able to uh, exist in this community because there's so much, there's so much going on.
2: I agree completely. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting the itch to pain again though.
1: Oh yeah, that's cool.
2: Yeah, I'm starting to like, uh, I've been like falling asleep to like, um, it starts out with uh, Leonardo da Vinci and ends up with uh, the Post-Impressionists. So you on YouTube, I don't know, and I'm just the an osmosis, and it's all going to come out again. So, yeah. Yeah, I think cool. so. Well, that'll be fun. But I'll keep doing comedy. Maybe I'll do some comedy paintings.
1: There you go. That could be interesting. And, you know, I've been itching to get over to JP's because since he's opened it, I've never been over there.
2: Oh, man, so that's cool. I've been,
1: I've been like, i got to get over there. i got to get over there.
2: It's cool. So check go on out. a Thursday night. It's really cool. Like yeah. I said, you go see that show and then you get to see all the one. Cool. I mean, other comedians. <laughs> Very cool. Well, listen for everybody that has hung with us. Uh, could
1: you remind me the uh, the big uh, competition for the funniest person in the
2: universe? It is the funniest person in the universe. I'm a contender. It will be Thursday night at seven o'clock at Stir Crazy, right out there by Glendale. Ex- Exhibition hall, or whatever they call it, the Glen- Glendale Stadium. Cool, and that
1: is this Thursday. We're like two days away. This
2: Thursday.
1: What do you do to get ready for the show? I'm pumping it up.
2: <laughs> I'm getting you crazy. Go, you go to the gym. I'm coming new things in my head. I smoke some <laughs> limb dog. <laughs> no, I just, um, just like Tony always says, you got to be there. You have to have your mind that you're already on stage when you hit it. Mm-hmm. Spontaneity, yeah. connect with the crowd, set up, twist, punchline. Punch
1: and how much do you leave open to uh, to just catch something in the audience and turn it into something, just a freelance or ad lib? Do you do any, much oh, improv yeah, like that? Or yeah,
2: I do, yeah, yeah, I do crowd work. Always
1: trying to come back to your program material, but. Not feeling too rote, you know, too, like...
2: Yeah, I'm, I try to make it feel, like, original. Like, I'll come up and say, Hey, yeah, if my guitar sounds out of tune, that's because it is. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Cool, very cool. Hey, man, looks like we're running out
1: of time. Whoa. So, Thursday. and I can't believe an hour went by already. Yeah. Oh, and you have a whole piece of paper here with notes we didn't, we didn't even get to, so uh, maybe next time.
2: Maybe next time.
1: So, everybody get out there uh, Thursday to stir crazy in Glendale in Glendale and check out the show and uh, check out some local comics and have a good time so Dion thanks for coming in man thank you so much I appreciate you taking the time
2: oh yeah good times
1: right, take care you too and thanks for listening to the Otto D Show where I will see you again next week I think another installment with Glenn Crimson and maybe Joe Grotto from Joe's Grotto alright take care